he was very gung-ho to make phone calls. He called a customer one day, said, I need to speak to Bill. Okay, well, you're not gonna speak to Bill because Bill's not responsible for handling selection. And he kept calling and calling and calling. My associate was called in because of his persistent activity on this account. And they said, well, you know, do you know who you're calling? And he goes, yeah, I'm calling Microsoft and I need to speak to Bill Gates. Oh my God. Welcome to Collecting Thoughts, CNR Software's new podcast. We're your one-stop shop for digestible industry news, anecdotes, and advice as told by the boots-on-the-ground industry leaders and subject matter experts. We'll be covering topics across the collection space, technology, and finance. I'm your host, Christina, and I'm happy to have you join us. Today's guest is a longtime collections manager with experience in the manufacturing, wholesale, and transportation industries. Chris Petruski has over a decade of experience leading collections teams to success. He's also a husband, father to two sons, dog owner, and a big sports fan. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, Christina. Thanks for having me. So, Chris, I got to ask, what sports? So, I'm a huge, I'm a huge football and uh, basketball fan. Uh, I'm an Eagles fan and basketball. I'm a Celtics fan, but I root for um, pretty much anybody. I like, I like the NBA. I love college sports. So. Big college basketball fan, too. Very nice. My um, two fantasy football leagues keep me occupied on the way. <laughs> I also love football. So getting into collections, though, how about you start by telling me how you found yourself into the collection space? It's a funny story. I got a degree in marketing, and I always expected to work in sports. Uh, I wanted to work in the front office of a sports team, and I started with a hockey team in Moline, Illinois as their merchandise manager and everything was going well. And after a year, got a little homesick. It was funny. I got a little homesick, wanted to move back home, took a job in uh, promotions and marketing for a AAA baseball team here at home. And everything was going really well for a few years. And they, uh, there were some big changes. They wanted to eliminate my position. I went to sales, got burnt out quickly and I was home. Didn't have a job, was looking through the newspaper. My wife and I, you know, were trying to make ends meet and I opened it up and it said collections uh, position at UPS. So I applied, had two interviews, they offered me the job and I started working for them as a collector. It was interesting, I just fell into it and never in a million years would I ever think I would have enjoyed it. And now 20 plus years later, I'm still a collector. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And you were at UPS for a while. I saw on your LinkedIn, right? Yeah, I was at UPS for almost 19 years, just short of 19 years. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I started as a collector. Uh, my first day after training, my first day on the job, my supervisor said, have you ever done this before? And I said, no, I've never made a collection call in my life. And he said, well, here's how you're going to start. He handed me a paper list about yay thick and sat me at a desk with a phone without a computer. I had, so I had no access to anything at the, yet at that time. And he said, I want you to call everyone on this list, tell them how much they owe based on what's on the paper and to ask them when they're going to pay. Write down the date they're going to pay. And then your next job, once you get through the list, is do a follow-up call if we haven't received the payment. So probably there was probably about a million dollars worth of receivable on that list. In two weeks, in, in about two weeks, he ran a new report and I basically cut that in half, not having any collections experience. So jumped right head first in. Jumped right head first in, had no idea. All I would do is ask for the person's name that was on the list, tell them how much they owed, 
and, you know, asked them when they were going to pay. So, and I did not get off the phone until I got a date. Um, I was very persistent about the date they were going to pay. Um, his, one of his favorite sayings, my boss's favorite sayings, which I still use today is as soon as possible or someday is not a date on the calendar. You need to give me a date on the calendar. So that's what I would use. Yeah. And without any experience, I just dove right in and I, for some reason I was successful. I moved on to a manufacturing company for a little bit and a tire distributor also did collections as their manager, um, had a much smaller team at UPS. I had, I managed 30 people. The tire distributor, I manage five, but same processes, everything. Collections, to me, collections, you could give me any type of product or service. Collections to me is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. It's all about building a relationship. So my techniques were always the same. Managing a team has always been fun because you have so many different personalities. It's interesting to see how it all plays out when you're managing the group. So teaching those teaching folks the skills that I've learned over the years is always new and, and refreshing. So it's, it's always a fun, fun gig. Uh, and then my current job is with truck stop. Uh, truck stop is a, is a software company who provides load board services to owner operators and, uh, freight brokers to find freight or to manage fleets. And, uh, it's been a great, great experience for the last. I guess it's been now about 17 months that I've been there. That's great. I mean, you touched on a lot of great introductions to the topics that I want to cover today. So we'll start with back when you, your first day of UPS, you got the big stack of paper. I would love to hear through your decades experience from that big stack of paper to now, how has the collections industry evolved from your perspective as a collector and a, a collections department leader? When I started, everything was paper, pencil, telephone, direct contact through the phone, uh, minimal email presence at that time. It was all about making the dials. I'm a strong believer in making the dials to this day, mm -hmm. but we need to be a little more strategic in making our dials instead of just hitting the phone a hundred times a day in the new world. Software has also played a huge part in developing better collections over the years uh, at UPS, we didn't have a collection system. It was a unique company created software that was based on the transportation needs, not the finance and collection needs. So we would use that system uh, and we would have a notepad program within the system to put our collection notes which was a challenge sometimes because other people were putting notes in there as well and to actually search for collection notes or to do follow to a little bit challenging. So everything was done on a notebook. Okay. You would use the notebooks. I at one time on my desk when I, as a collector, I had a stack of probably 25 notebooks that had dates on them based on when the contacts were made. And uh, it was just, it was interesting. It was an interesting filing system. So it sounds like. Over the years at UPS, they did invest in, 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 a, in a finance program, which managed collections, uh, write-offs, billing, all of the things that you would normally expect from a finance program, which made our lives a lot easier. It helped our strategy to be a little more um, efficient. Mm -hmm. I'd love if you could expand upon the strategy, because you mentioned, you know, obviously back in the day, it was get those dials, but now 
not only because of, of course, enhanced TCPA laws, but also just customer preference as a whole, right? Like people necessarily preferring email versus calls, or they like a call, like you said, in the middle of the day, but they'll get an email towards the evening, for lack of a better word. How have you had fun with the strategies as you've picked up these six and tips and tricks throughout the years? So it was a challenge at first. At UPS, when we saw a trend to um, customers want more of an electronic uh, communication, it was funny because they asked for that, but yet they weren't responding. The communication wasn't as smooth as it should be for us to send them to respond. They would say, oh, I never received your email or we never received, you know, whatever we were sending via. If they, if they needed invoices, we would send them electronically to an F, through an FTP process at that time. Uh, we didn't have an email set up for invoicing. So we would send the FTP. We would send the email as the follow-up and say, hey, did you get your invoices? They were sent at this point and we weren't getting any responses back. So it was a challenge and we would be, then we would be on the phone again and say, hey, we sent these on the first. It's now the seventh. You guys received them from the confirmation we received back. What did you, oh, you know, so-and-so didn't open the email and they forgot about the FTP and... So it was a challenge. So I think it was a learning process for both the collections group and the customer as we all evolved at the same time with the collection process. Yeah, for sure. That's really interesting because you have what the customer assumes they'll they'll have their preference, but you have the data of what they actually respond to and using that technology, you know, whatever it is. The new technology, the new software system that your company's eventually implemented or your self-made filing system to, but using that technology to help build the relationship further by finding that middle ground of what they think they want versus what they actually respond to. And the biggest part of successful collections with the change from phone calls to electronic uh, communication is really just building a, building a relationship. Um, one of the things that we would always focus on, and I would always stress this to, to the collectors who work for me, is make the initial phone call to their AP manager or whoever is responsible for approving invoices um, that we need to get paid. And introduce yourself. Tell them that you're there to be uh, an ally and a partner with them, not to beat them up that they didn't pay their bill. And if you start that relationship early, when the time comes to pay a bill, they're going to put your bill at the top of the page because they know you've taken the time, you've taken the time to build that relationship. So as a collector, once I got acclimated to making, setting my day and, and, and setting up a pattern, I would call ahead of time before the monthly billing and say, hi, Mary, this is Chris. Great to, great to talk to you today. Your, your invoice packet's going to be sent this week. I just wanted you to know that everything looks great. If you have any questions or anything at all, please let me know. And I would create small talk and learn about their families and things like that. And I learned as a salesman, you take note of this stuff and you say, Hey, so Mary has a granddaughter who plays volleyball at high school and she's really good and you know, things like that. So I would call Mary and say, give her all that information. Say, Hey, by the way, how's your, how's your granddaughter? Has she won any volleyball matches? What's the latest? And they would just love that and eat it up. 
and they would help my collections process so much. Oh, I'm sure. Plus, from a consumer's perspective, I'm sure as a consumer, you're not assuming your collector to care about your family, right? We have all consumers have a preconceived notion about what a collector is going to be like when they Agreed. call and you're just flipping it on its head. Yeah, completely. And uh, to, to have that mentality to go along with the improvement and the communication through, you know, email and, and being able to send things electronically instead of a phone call all the time made a big difference. So they would, they would look to see that email, but I would, I would take the, after, you know, beating them up originally, I would take the time to make the phone call for that personal touch. So they knew that I was trying to help them and not, not really beat them up. Mm -hmm. And another podcast guest that I had mentioned that there's a very thin line between the difference of sales and collector because you're all connected with ultimately building up the customer loyalty that the consumer has in the brand. And just like sales can make or break an onboarding process, a collections person can make or break whether they'll stay with that company or not once they do resolve that debt. So the fact that you're making that extra yep. step to build that relationship feeds into that whole collections is an excellent opportunity to build brand loyalty among their among customers. Absolutely. I think it's an underrated aspect of a company's nature to 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 really involve their collections group as part of the relationship building with with a customer. Um, usually they keep it with sales and they don't let the customer interact too often with uh, internal parts of the business that are going to affect them. So, you know, I have some friends that work in customer success right now and the sales, after the sales process, it gets handed over to them. And I've asked them, you know, have you guys involved the collections group or somebody who's responsible for the receivables in your onboarding or continued management of the account? And they said, most times they don't. So it's interesting how those relationships work in a lot of different companies. I've been fortunate enough to be able to stay involved with the process with the customer. So from UPS to the tire manufacturer to now truck stop, you know, I'm involved with the customer. As sales on as sales gets contract signed and we onboard a customer, I'm having conversations internally. And I'm being introduced to the customer as their point of contact if they have collections or payment issues with us. So things run a lot smoother than me later on calling them and saying, hey, you owe me X amount of dollars. Why aren't we paid? Or you sent us a check. You sent us a check. Where's the remittance? Things like that, where we're building up the, the relationship early and we're putting out those expectations of what we expect for them to be as a customer. And we want to know what they expect from us as the provider. So we can be on common ground throughout the relationship. And it's never going to be 100% smooth because it's never going to happen. There's always going to be bumps in your road. Having those conversations early and laying, and laying the groundwork for what could happen over time, I think goes a long way in building that relationship and keeping customers close. Again, Chris, thank you so much for joining us here at Collecting Thoughts. It was great speaking with you today. Thanks, Christina. You too.